Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Jamal Williams, I consider him a friend. It's not a rivalry if the other team doesn't win. Now, in the Game On Wisconsin studios, here's your host, Jacob Westendorf. Wednesday, March 16th. Happy New League Year to everybody here. Ah, of course, the NFL is what that means. I hope the New Year's resolution for the Packers, which is, I presume, to win the Super Bowl, works better than mine, which was to not eat at Five Guys until April. I think I broke that within the first week. So there's what that. A terrible resolution. I know. Why deprive myself was my thought here. So welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Pick 6 Podcast live in the Game On Wisconsin studios. I am Jacob Westendorf, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf, just like the name uh, might very well indicate to you. It's draft season. It's off season. NFL free agency starts today. And I have brought the co-host, my guest today, or excuse me, the host of the First Person Podcast, and formerly of Titletown Lounge with my self end zone podcast. We had to we had to change that for legal reasons. Reasons. Uh, yeah, I wonder how that happened, but that's beside the point. Uh, that is Ryan, also better known as Rhino Alberts, uh, son of a legend, John Alberts. Uh, and <laughs> for those that have uh, maybe met John once or twice, say a legend in, in every right of the word. But Rhino. Welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about this first person podcast because it is not just Packers. So I always find that interesting. It's not sports at all, actually. It's uh, it's all nerd culture. Comic books, movies, TV show, video games. You know, I, I have a very large nerdy side outside of uh, sports. So I decided to dive into something solo and in something outside of the sports universe. And I don't know if I've ever met anybody that loves to listen to the sound of their own voice more than you. So I think that works out perfectly. But if you're into video games, movies, comic books, all that kind of stuff, be sure to check that out. It's the first person podcast. You're about six episodes deep now. Is that right? Six episodes deep. The Twitter is at first person pod. So check out. I'll be recording Thursday for episode seven. All right. Episode seven. What are we talking about this week? We are talking about, actually, I literally just tweeted this before you and I started uh, recording. I watched The Adam Project on Netflix, the new Ryan Reynolds movie. It was brilliant. It was amazing. Uh, we're also talking about, man, I just tweeted it out. Uh, talking about William Hurt. He played uh, Secretary of Defense Ross, or better known as Thunderbolt Ross in the um, MCU. We are talking about my top five favorite comic book stories of all time. And I do a news and headlines segment as well. Top, wow, I was going to ask, what is your top five? But I suppose that would give nobody any reason to know, not watch that episode or listen to that episode. Excuse me. So check that out. You'll hear it this Friday, uh, wherever you find your podcast, you can find that. Let's jump into this one. The Packers, they have a quarterback. It's not Jordan Love. It's not Kurt Benkert. It's not Marcus Mariota. It's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Blake Bortles. <laughs> Blake Bortles, name your guy. It is Aaron Rodgers. The league MVP has returned to Green Bay. Uh, since the last time I talked to everybody, he made his decision, and he made that decision uh, last Tuesday. 
and then uh, proceeded to sign his new contract today uh, as we record here. It's a three-year, well, kind of depends on where you're looking. Essentially, it's a two-year, $124 million extension if you include this year. Where the term cap-friendly came from was this cap hit for the first season is $28 million. That is 10th, actually less than 10th in the NFL. It's behind Carson Wentz, uh, among other all-time great quarterbacks, uh, such as a conversation Carson Wentz certainly belongs in. That's a joke for those of you that don't understand that. Um, And then next year, it'll be $31 million. Rhino, the big thing that comes out of this here to me is Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback in Green Bay for at least two more seasons. And then you talk about that third one where if he wants to keep playing, they could redo the contract. If not, uh, they have two placeholder years is what they're calling them at the back half of this contract where the Packers can kind of push some money into as the cap goes up. If he's not playing, if he is playing and he's still playing well, Rodgers may very well be playing. So all of that and many uses of the word playing, what do you make of this deal? What do you think of Aaron Rodgers returning to the Green Bay Packers for the foreseeable future? Well, it, it essentially is, is five years total, including 2022, those two years on the back being the quotation finger voidable years. So my, my opinion of this is we're going to see three more seasons of Rodgers. We'll see him in 22, 23, and 24. Ultimately, I think this is a contract that ends his career. Now, that's me saying that now. You know, on the on the dawn of the new league year in 2022, I personally think this will be the last contract extension Rodgers signs. You know, the last two off seasons he has stumbled around with the idea of retirement. Uh, I think three more years ultimately of of uh, damaging defeats in the playoffs will probably push him over the edge, and he will be done at the age of 41 after the 2024 season, unless they win a Super Bowl. I cannot see him sticking around after his 41 age season. I mean, he'll be 41 years old at the end end of this three-year stretch. I can't see him sticking around unless he's winning. I mean, the effect of of the defeats that they have had in the NFC Championship game game last year where he had a chance to win the game and ultimately failed, I mean, the effects of those mentally are just as damaging to a player as as any kind of physicality would be. So I I think if they don't ultimately get the job done, he's not going to have the hunger to continue playing. So this could be, for once, we finally have a finish line for Rodgers. Something that we can look forward to properly, not, not with the drama that we've seen over the last two off seasons. It's a proper finish line we can look forward to. So, you know, I can't, I can't say with confidence that they're going to win because every year we have that confidence, it's ultimately destroyed come January. But it does give us three more years of one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen that play the game. So hopefully they get the job done, I guess. Is, is where I'm at. Yeah, hopefully they do. And then the good news with the cap number going down one and up, the Packers clear a boatload of cap, salary cap space, which they needed to do in order to uh, be in compliance with league rules before Wednesday. And they'll be able to bring uh, some other guys back. And we'll get to one of those guys, at least that they were able to bring back here in just a little bit. My take on it is I don't, you know, the money, that's nothing to me. Uh, that's what it, that's what league MVPs cost guys. Like the, Uh, we did lose Jacob momentarily. Um, I don't know if this is still recording, but just in case it is, uh, he's right. League MVPs do make this kind of money. Uh, you know, you see that with Patrick Mahomes. You see that with, uh, well, you will see that with Lamar Jackson going forward. He will probably sign something around the 40 to $45 million range. And um, I mean, Tom Brady doesn't make the big numbers, but his his overall lifetime earnings in the NFL is $400 million. So he has obviously been paid throughout his career. Uh, but I, the, the cap hit coming down $18 million is obviously the biggest part of this. 
Uh, it allows you to re-sign guys like Jair Alexander, hopefully. Um, Devondre Campbell we saw yesterday. Uh, it'll allow you to bring, hopefully bring in one or two pieces to, to fill the gaps uh, that we will ultimately see with the, the leaving of MVS and potentially the leaving of Brazil Douglas. So that cap hit number is um, is pretty big. I mean, it's the biggest part of this this contract with $18 million coming off the books this season. They were at one point, I believe, $32 million over the cap still going into this contract extension. That reduces it by over half. Um, so it does allow you to it does allow you that buffer space to um at least talk to at least talk to Devontae Adams. We now know that he's not going to be signing his his uh, franchise tag. So there are reports out there that he was offered a contract that would make him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. And uh, Jacob is back. I have I no idea. This was, I don't know if this was still recording or not, but I just kind of went on a tangent. So it is. So I appreciate the tangent. Welcome back. My point was that that I was getting to with Rogers just to reboot here real quick is that if I had asked you, would you pay Patrick Mahomes $45, $50 million a year? Would you pay Josh Allen that money? The answer to these questions, the quarterbacks I'm going to ask is yes. And here's the other reality too. It's very rare. I know it has happened, but just because it has happened doesn't mean that that's the best way to go about it. I know teams have won with not great quarterbacks in recent memory, but I also know that the best way to compete year in and year out is having that great quarterback and really Ryan and Ryan is saying one in the background. And it's like Nick Foles, like that's, that's the it. one. That's the one. And yeah, Nick Foles. So otherwise, I mean, if the floor for quarterback play is Matthew Stafford, like, cause if, if you go back through the you know most recent quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl, Stafford's the lowest one on that totem pole in the last five years, other than Nick Foles, just to throw names out there. Um, if that's the floor, like I understand it doesn't have to be a hall of famer, but when people, myself included, I wasn't really talking about this, but when people were talking about wanting to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, it was, well, you don't need a great quarterback or a Hall of Fame quarterback like that to win. It's like, well, no, but if you build your team around a quarterback that you have to hide with defense in the running game, mm -hmm. those teams mostly go 10 and 7. And I know the 49ers went 10 and 7 and were in the NFC Championship game. The Bengals went 10 and 7 and were in the Super Bowl. The margin for error for that 49ers team specifically was so low. Like I've talked about this a bunch. If the Packers just score a touchdown, a second one in that divisional playoff game, we're all thinking the same thing. <laughs> this game's over because of the limitations at quarterback. Now the Packers don't have those limitations at quarterback. Does he need to play better in the playoffs? Yes. Do the Packers as a whole need to play better in the playoffs? Yes. And that's what this comes down to ultimately for everybody pointing to doom and gloom and how this, this roster is just going to be completely depleted and they might be terrible when Rogers leaves. Well, number one, when your quarterback retires, when a hall of fame quarterback retires, you're probably bad the next year. Anyways, most teams are. And secondly, like if they win a title or two along the way, like, do you think the Broncos cared for a five-year stretch when John Elway won back-to-back -back Super Bowls and then retired? Probably not. That's what the Packers are shooting for. Three years, two, three years, couple titles, and Rodgers rides off into the sunset to go eat clay and do whatever else it is that he does in his in his spare time. So let's move to topic number two, and hopefully everything doesn't die along the way tonight. That is the Devontae Adams franchise tag. It was reported – he was tagged since I last spoke with you guys, and then it was reported that he will not play on that franchise tag. James Jones has pretty much confirmed that since then, and when it comes to Packers players and source, there's maybe not a better one than the person themselves other than James Jones – 
my thought on this is that there's going to be a long-term deal that gets done before July 15th. So that is four months from right now as we record. Devontae Adams wants to be the highest paid receiver in the league. He views that as DeAndre Hopkins' contract at $27.5 million average annual value. The Packers do not view it that way. And my understanding is that a lot of this comes down to language and other stuff within the contract structure, all this sort of stuff. The Packers, I think it's very similar to the way that the Steelers had with TJ Watt, kind of a similar franchise, and that they're going to have to guarantee money beyond the first year, which the Packers typically have not done. And the Steelers had not done that either. And they caved for TJ Watt. I think they're going to have to cave for Devontae Adams in this case as well. But I do think that happens. I do think it'll get done. They're not going to, there's a mandate. Trust me, Aaron Rodgers, I think is very much tied to Devontae Adams being in green Bay. And I don't think he would have come back without understanding that this guy was coming back. And there are others too, but that's the one Rhino. What is your take here as things sit with Devontae Adams? That's kind of what you were getting into while I was gone. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of dabbled in that a little bit. Uh, it was more, more geared towards Aaron Rodgers' contract, but there were, there were reports today that the Packers made an offer to Devontae Adams that would make him the league's highest paid wide receiver. So whether or not that's, you know, somebody leaking that story just to try and play hardball, obviously that'll be determined here in the next probably 24 hours, 48 hours. But I mean, it's, it's at a point now where, like you said, I mean, it, it's almost guaranteed that Adams is going to return. I don't think you would have seen a Rogers extension if an Adams extension or new contract wasn't already in place, or at least, you know, the, the foundation of one wasn't in place, but it's, it's, it's in Adams court, especially if this report is true that they did make him an offer to make him the highest paid wide receiver. You got your quarterback back. You're getting the money that you wanted. What else is there that he could possibly want? I mean, do I think Devontae Adams could be effective anywhere in the NFL? Yes, but he's not going to be 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns a year effective. He's probably going to be more along the lines of 11 to 1,200 yards, maybe 85, 90 catches, maybe 8 to 10 touchdowns a year. Those are good numbers, but is that $30 million a year number? No, it's not. With Rodgers, he's going to be the league's number one wide receiver. Without do you have a problem? Let me go to that $30 million number. Do you have a problem with them getting to that number? I do. That's what I, they, do personally. I, I do. Okay. I do personally have a, a problem with that. I don't, the, the, the first, firstly, the, the number one issue I have with that is the Deandre Hopkins contract ruined the market for NFL wide receivers. That it did. Because if outside of, outside of the nut contract, if you took the top five and averaged them, it was somewhere right around 19 or $20 million. I mean, the next closest contract to Deandre Hopkins, I believe was Julio Jones at 22 annually. Now, is Devontae better than Hopkins? I believe he is. But that that Hopkins contract ruined it for everyone. Now, yeah, now you get guys like Christian Kirk who are making what, – what, what was his annual figure, 18 a year? 18, and that's Christian Kirk who's probably – I mean, he's the Packers' second best receiver, but on a really good team, like the Cardinals. The Cardinals last year, he was their third best receiver if, if everyone well, – he might be better than A.J. Green, but whatever. I mean, I here's my thing is that like what the market says is what you're going to get. And – the Packers, I mean, I understand that thought that that number is not real, but Devontae Adams is going to ask them to treat it like it is real. And the Packers have already done that with, I mean, a little different, but David Bakhtiari's contract was an outlier contract and they acknowledged it. And I promise you, Devontae's agent has brought that up. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, when it comes to the number specifically and everyone's like, oh, I wouldn't pay that. It's like, well, 
I don't my general philosophy when it comes to what I would pay versus what I wouldn't is like, do you want the dude on your team or do you not? And with Aaron Rodgers back, I do want Devontae Adams on the team because this team is now trying to win a championship within the next three years. <clears throat> Can they do that without Devontae Adams catching passes from Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. Now, is there some credence to the theory that Aaron Rodgers needs to trust the other dudes around him in some adverse situations? Absolutely. But the difference, and I've seen this comparison. Uh, I know Mark Echol wrote a story about it on Packer Report where they talked about how Sterling Sharp left and that made far better. And that and that's all well and good. And I, I understand how that happened and everything like that. But it's a completely different era, though. A completely different era and a completely different conversation right now because the Packers don't have time to redevelop Aaron Rodgers and make him something else. They need this team to be ready to win now. So you basically have to tell him, take this flaw and fix it. Maybe that's getting him different guys. Maybe that's doing some other stuff. I don't know. I know we'll have this conversation here in just a little bit. But Adams, at the end of the day, is going to be a Packer. And my biggest advice for every fan, person that watches the team, anything like that, is just stop worrying so damn much about the salary cap. Like, they have a plan. The myth. They have, <laughs> they have a plan. It's their job to do those things. I don't think they've let – maybe Zadarius Smith, but – with the stuff that was surrounding Zadarius this past year, who knows how that was going to go. That might've happened anyways, but the Packers aren't losing anybody as of right now that they really, really wanted to keep. Like, I think they really wanted to keep the quarterback. They wanted to keep Devonte, and they wanted to keep Devondre Campbell. And they've been able to do that. And let's get to the Devondre Campbell side of things. Five years, $50 million uh, essentially works out as maybe a two year, $21 million deal or a three year, $32 million mm-hmm. deal. My deal on it is, again, good player, wanted him back. In this situation, I think when you're all in like that, you make some decisions that are a little more irresponsible, uh, for lack of better phrasing, to get some guys and keep them in the fold. Um, In a normal world, do I think the Packers would pay an off-ball linebacker $10 million? No. Do I think they should? Also, probably not. Um, But in a three-year title window – they absolutely do. And Devondre Campbell was a first-team All-Pro. They're getting a first-team All-Pro for $10 million. Now flip that on the other side. Devontae Adams is a first-team All-Pro. Devontae Adams is going to get $30 million. So that's three times the value for those of you that are mathematicians. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. I was dangerously close yesterday to um, emotionally purchasing a away Devondre Campbell jersey. But it was a pre-order item, and it's not available till April, so I wouldn't get it until then. So I held off on that for now. But I am happy that he's back, and I make the rule. I don't make these rules, but he has dreadlocks, so he's automatically a better player that's going to age well. Rhino, what are your thoughts on the on the Dre contract as it came through? Well, I, I think the reason why uh, Campbell was a higher priority than Brazil Douglas is the existence of Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander. Uh, with those two playing corner, you can afford to lose a Razul Douglas. I don't think you can afford to lose a Devon J. Campbell, and I think that's why he was ultimately higher on their list and a bigger priority. Uh, I think maybe in a world where Eric Stokes doesn't get drafted last season, you probably see Razul Douglas get bumped on that list, and he's their number one priority defensively. But, I mean, like you said, it you're getting, a, you're getting an all-pro quality linebacker for $10 million a year. You probably don't see that scenario happen a whole lot other than maybe a guy who gets pulled off of somebody's practice squad or signed as a free agent and then all of a sudden explodes on the scene. Um, now, could that be a product of Joe Barry? We have seen him develop linebackers at a, at a great rate throughout his career. I mean, who knows? 
his best fit is probably in Green Bay with Joe Barry, though. So I do I don't mind the ten million a year. And like you said, it's it's maybe a two twenty one, a three thirty two. We could see what he's made of if he, if he continues his success. Maybe another extension down the road. But uh, you're trying to win a championship, so you got to bring back your all pro guys. Yeah, and that was one of them, and they certainly did that. I like the point about the fit with Joe Barry. Uh, that is a guy who's had a lot of success, and that was why I wondered if they would draw a line in the sand, so to speak, with Campbell. Uh, and I we talked about before how maybe Corey Littleton would be somebody had the best season of his career under Joe Barry, got that big contract from the Raiders because of what he did in that time frame. Um, but obviously not to be Devondre Campbell's this team's linebacker, and he's going to be the one. Uh, I don't picture the pack. Like I know there are people that have talked about like drafting a guy early or adding another guy like Miles Jack or somebody like that. Like, I don't anticipate that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to play a lot of one linebacker guys. And in order to do that, you need you got to be a stud. And Campbell was certainly that last year, and he deserves what he's gotten. Somebody else that might deserve something that they're getting or maybe not getting from Green Bay, it remains to be seen, is Rasul Douglas. And the report was that from Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network that the Packers uh, were expecting to land him and bring him back. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported earlier today that they were having talks on an extension. And then tonight, Bill Huber was reporting that the market is kind of expanding for Rasul Douglas and the Packers may not be able to retain him for purely financial reasons. This sounds like kind of what you were just talking about, Rhino, where they drew a line and this is where we can quote unquote go. We could, they could go higher if they wanted to, but when you have Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes on the team as well, you can look at someone like Rasul Douglas as a bit of a luxury. Now me personally, I would have done his deal because I think having three solid corners is more important than having a stud at linebacker. But that's a different conversation that we've had several times, and we don't need to revisit it. I'm hopeful that the Douglas thing can get done. Uh, I think that they could play you know, a lot of different stuff from a matchup standpoint. I just think there's a really good problem to have. Not only that, but the rest of the Packers' cornerback room right now is Shamar John Charles. <laughs> that is it. That is literally it as far as guys that are still maybe Kevin King. I don't know if his contract is officially voided. Don't do that to me right now. But but either way, but either way, Kevin King's not going to be not going to be somebody that you want to be relying on if you're a team looking at some Super Bowl aspirations. And now the Packers have to fill out the back part of that room. And last year, I mean, when Douglas came on, if Alexander came back, you know, you got Douglas, Alexander, Stokes, and even Shannon Sullivan is at least an average to if not slightly below average player where they were able to do some things and a lot of different stuff matchup wise with the corners that I think would have been, we kind of got robbed of it. Like, I think it would have been really fun to watch how they employed all those DBs against a team like the Rams or a team ready to throw the ball a little bit more than what they had against the 49ers. And unfortunately that just didn't take place, but I'm hopeful he's back. I've heard some rumblings, obviously that the Packers have talked to him. I don't know what's going on exactly in terms of, you know, what the contract terms are going to be, but I think that the Packers, are going to at least try as best they can to bring him back. But this really does feel like a, Hey, this is our number. This is as high as we're going to be willing to go. If you can get more somewhere else, God bless you. And I don't blame you at all. What are your thoughts on Sewell? Well, this is another uh, position where the market has really exploded. You know, before free agency really picked up, I, I thought for sure that Razul Douglas would be back in green Bay. But if you look at some of these contracts that these guys are getting, I mean, JC Jackson, five years, $82 million, uh, Carlton Davis, three years, $45 million. I mean, I, 
you know, we've talked about it. Eric Stokes, Jay Alexander. You have Jay Alexander's contract extension coming up. Can you really afford $15 million a year for a guy that's going to be your CB3 ultimately next season with a healthy Jair and Eric Stokes going into a second season? That's why I think his contract wasn't as high of a priority as, as Devondre. Would I like to have Campbell back? Absolutely. But he's going to draw interest from a lot of teams that have a lot more money to spend than Green Bay does. So I really don't see this as a second thought for Green Bay. Maybe there's a counteroffer. But I don't know if it's going to be considered highly by Green Bay because they have other needs. They still haven't re-signed Adams yet. they got to figure out what his number is going to be at the end of the day. And they still have the draft to sign. So their cap number is still hovering above what it's supposed to be. I don't think Campbell is that – or, uh, excuse me, Razul Douglas is that high of a priority at all. Yeah, I, I think he was – so I think it's very clear a couple things. Number one, the quarterback and and Adams were the top priority. After that, it was Campbell. And Douglas might be the next priority after that. But maybe the Packers are trying to do something different. Because, they, I mean, here's the thing about this roster is there are some some issues that this team still needs to address. And maybe before the draft, you know, you're talking about they could use speed at receiver. They could use another pass rusher. They could use some corners. You know, maybe they have to go the cheaper route on something like that. But they could use that. They could use a, a third safety. They don't have one of those. And we always know Gutekunst loves bringing in offensive linemen. So he's probably going to bring somebody in for depth at one point. And they need one on each side of the ball, in my opinion, at least on something. Now that doesn't mean in a perfect world, they're able to add a veteran at all those spots, but this isn't a perfect world that we live in currently. So one name I know that has been kicked around a little bit is Brian Balaga as one of those potential offensive linemen. Now I would be in favor as a Rick Wagner, Dennis Kelly type role. Uh, if he's your swing tackle backup in case of emergency, he can play right tackle for, you know, if Elton Jenkins until Elton's ready to go or Yosh doesn't play as well to start. I don't know. You know, I don't know who the Packers right tackle is going to be next season because they cut Billy Turner. And I was really hopeful that they were going to be able to keep him and get all the way to the playoffs next year with Bakhtiari and Billy Turner as your tackles. The Packers never had those two guys play tackle in the same playoff game. That is just wild to me that that is true. But it is, and they weren't able to do anything with that. So I think you're right. I think Douglas was the next priority. I just think that they're going to get priced out on something like this, or at least that's what it sounds like right now. I'm going to hold out hope. I love Sewell. I think he was awesome for the team last year. Obviously, he made a lot of exciting splash plays, and that's a position that's really important. Another position that might be important is receivers. I think there's been a little bit of discussion about the Packers receiving core over the last couple of years. One of the guys, Jason Wildey, talked to this weekend was Randall Cobb. And he said that Cobb is expecting to be back in 2022, just not at his current salary cap number, which is just North of $6 million, which makes sense. Randall Cobb is not worth a $6 million cap charge. Here's my beef with it. So to speak, Randall Cobb, easy guy to root for. Awesome. Dude was a really good player at one point. Now he's a role player was having a good year last year before he got injured. I know the point has been made by myself included that he didn't do anything in the playoff game, but he was also coming off basically a two month layoff before playing that night. So that one was tough, but my question, here's the deal. Adams is back. Lazard, they just tendered today. He's going to be back. And then if you're bringing back Cobb and losing Marquez Valdez Scantling in the process, which the report that I know of is that it's unlikely he returns how are you better at this position at present state? Now, could they do some things? Yes. Could they add a veteran and draft a guy? 
They certainly could do that. Um, I don't know if they will do that. I don't know if, you know, I don't know what's, what their plans are as far as free agency goes, but that could be one of their plans. But if your veteran receivers are those three guys, if you're not picking a guy in the early portions of the draft, which maybe they will, maybe they won't, we don't know. How are you better at that position that frankly, you haven't been great at for the last three years. I know that the Packers offense has been really good, but from an individual talent standpoint, it really has been Devonte and dudes that are replacement level players, at least in my opinion. Um, but they've worked really well for the Packers. Obviously there's some good things that have come out of this offense. It's just, that's my biggest thing is how is this offense going to get better? And honestly, without MVS, without knowing what they're going to do after that, that position group is worse than it was the year before. So what's your take on this receiver room as a whole and specifically when it comes to bringing Cobb back, I think the Cobb thing specifically just boils down to if that's one of Rogers' things, if this dude's going to play for a million bucks, you know, a half a mil, a mil and a half, something like that, then whatever. Like just add that to the cap savings that you have for Aaron Rodgers. So his cap number instead of 28 is 29 and a half because they're carrying Cobb because he's here too, if you want to look at it that way. But when it comes to Cobb specifically and the team as a whole, where, where do you stand on this situation? Well, I'm going to throw a wrench into the engine here. Some of your your listeners might not like this, uh, specifically Brandon. I know he um, has been a huge proponent of not doing this. But, you know, the argument over the last four years, specifically throughout Rogers' entire career, is they've never taken a wide receiver in the first round. And you're really starting to see the impact in hindsight of not taking a wide receiver in the first round over the last four or five years. Look at the wide receiver core now. It's depleted. You you lost your speedster. You still don't really know what you have in Alan Lazard in terms of an effective wide receiver too. Can he be as versatile as he needs to be? He's a great run blocker, a great blocking wide receiver, but you know he shows spurts of greatness and then all of a sudden he'll go three, four weeks with maybe two or three targets and that's it. I, I really think you're seeing the impact of not taking a great weapon in the first round, maybe even the second round, happening right now when it comes to Cobb let, let's get down to brass tacks with Cobb the only reason why he's here is because of Rodgers Rodgers wanted him back on the squad but good basically stay... said that word for word too like last yeah. year they were like no this isn't something we were going to do but it was important if it weren't for Rodgers so Cobb would not be a Packer I mean it, he's played 15 games once over the last four seasons and he's only getting older he can't stay healthy I love Cobb to death he was one of my favorite wide receivers that we've ever had I I, I absolutely love Cobb great dude but i'm not here to root for great guys i'm here to root for super bowl champions that's who i'm here to root for if cop like you said if cop could come back on a million dollar deal a million dollar and a half deal great but the, you cannot justify giving cop a six million dollar cap hit in 2022 you just can't i'm sorry six million dollars to get three four hundred yards three four touchdowns and a guy that'll ultimately maybe play 12 games no i i Cobb absolutely has to take some sort of restructured deal where his cap number is a tenth, a tw- uh, you know, a fifth of what it is right now. Has to. Yeah, I won't be surprised if we hear at some point today, for those of you that are listening on Wednesday, that the Packers have cut him, and then maybe the the discussion is that they'll bring yeah. him back. I can't imagine if they release him, teams are going to be beating down the door. Yeah. And Matt Schneidman has talked about this in athletic articles too that. Cobb is basically going to play in Green Bay or he's not going to play anywhere. I think that's his his thought is to try and be in this window here and retire uh, after the Packers win a championship if they're able to do so or stick around as long as he can until they're able to do something like that. I will say when it comes to the, the receiver discussion and, and not drafting them, 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be a first round pick, but you mentioned the second round too. And, and that's an issue that they, they just haven't done it over the last couple of years. And some of that is failures on roster building their, their roster has, it was really rough under the late stages of Ted Thompson and their defense was so bad for 10 years that you know, they had to spend a lot of capital on the defensive side of the ball. But the last receiver they've drafted uh, with a higher pick before Amari Rogers was Devonte Adams. And that was 2014. So it's been a while. They They've had really good talent. luck developing guys out of the second round. And whether that's the coaching staff or whether that's Rogers tutelage, I mean, Devonte Adams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, all guys that came in the second round. Yeah. And it's a position that by its very nature, it doesn't need to be a first round guy, but I do think that it's more likely this year than it has been just because by the time we get to the draft here and it's a month and a half away, green Bay's not like last year when they got to the draft, people were doing the receiver thing with them, but it was very obvious. Their biggest weakness was still at cornerback and they had Eric Stokes available there to take. So they did this year. You know, I think, well, a couple of years ago, obviously the Jordan love thing, that's a completely different rabbit hole, but this year I just feel like there's not going to be as many glaring weaknesses and to kind of put a bow on the love thing. They're not going to be looking for something that's necessarily as long-term because Green Bay just isn't in a long-term mode. They still will keep up. They're not going to pick a guy just to pick a guy and say he can help this year. Obviously it's a long-term building piece, but they might change their philosophy a little bit, trying to get some guys that can play sooner. And usually receivers are ready to kind of step in and go, you know, relatively early. So we'll see how that goes. This may be the most aggressive draft Gutekunst has had so far. I, I could, I could very much see them moving up into the top 15, potentially even the top 10 for a guy. That would be surprising, but you know, in the world that we live in now, I, you know, I don't think anything can be ruled out. I, I certainly believe that is at least a possibility where something it's like, there was no way in hell they were doing anything like that in previous years. Um, before we get to the draft, we'll have free agency. So I know, I, I know that it's illegal to tamper and sign free agent deals before the league year opens. So nobody has done anything illegal in the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. But you can pick one of the remaining free agents, which is all of them, because none of them have officially signed a deal. Who's your guy for the Packers to to sign here bef- between now and and April when they when they kick off the draft? So I, I've I've got a couple guys. I've got a guy that's so I have three, and I'll be very quick about it. One of them is probably a pipe dream. The other two could potentially be a possibility. I mean, if you look at the biggest needs the Packers have right now, I would say some sort of pass rusher and edge, or uh, you know a a three technique guy. Uh, Von Miller could be one of those guys. He is coming off of a Super Bowl championship. He's on the back nine of his career. Last two seasons, he has not really been effective. Um, 32 years old, you could potentially get him for a cheap deal. Maybe that's more along the lines of the pipe dream. The other two guys, one of them might surprise you, but I would love to bring in an AJ Green. I know he's he's older. It probably would be like a one, maybe a two-year deal. I believe he's 33 years old this season. He still looks like an effective wide receiver. He had about, I think it was almost 900 yards receiving he had in Arizona. Uh, if, if you're putting him at a two, potentially even a three spot, where he's going against the team's mediocre cornerbacks with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, he could probably still put up seven, 800 yards in 2022. And, and then the third guy that I would absolutely love to have simply because of, of his athletic ability is Corderell Patterson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he... He had he had a career year with Atlanta this year, man. I mean, in Matt Lafleur's system, a gadget guy, uh, you know, a guy that you can have in the backfield, out wide in the slot, in motion, 
I mean, Patterson, I, I believe he's only 30 years old, still has all the athletic talent that he needs to have to compete in the NFL. You could probably get him for three, $4 million, I bet. I can't imagine he's going to go out there and get uh, a $12, $13 million deal per, per season. So that would be my guy. He would be a lot of fun, too, and he would immediately fix the Packers' kick return issues. Uh, so the names I'm going to go with, I am going to tell you about a receiver. I think the one that's the most likely is Will Fuller. It's somebody the Packers have pursued in the past, uh, famously at the 2019 trade deadline. Um, they were had, or the 2021, excuse me. They had discussions, uh, even talked to him a contract extension if they had acquired him. Obviously, they didn't, and they kind of dodged a bullet. He got suspended for the rest of that year, and then he got injured this past year. But it just feels like somebody that will fit into the relative price range and he replaces what the Packers need and what they're losing with MVS is he has the ability to play fast and take the top off of defenses, which is something they don't have. They can obviously still draft a guy in that case. Some other names real quick that come to mind. I had been on the Gronkowski train, but that's not going to happen because no, not with Tom, Brady returning, not Tom Brady won't die. So there's that. Um, the, the, so here you go. Here's the nerd podcast thing. Part of the show here, Rhino, you remember the movie Batman forever, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Riddler and Two-Face are the are the villains in that movie, for those of you that don't remember. Val Kilmer's Batman. And Two-Face attacks him, and it, something blows up. There's a bunch of fire and all this stuff, and Batman emerges from it. And Two-Face just yells, why won't you just die? Yeah. That's how I feel about Tom Brady. Like, why won't you just go away? But that's how it is. I had So, anyways, I had been on the Gronk train for that. Uh, but that's obviously not going to happen. Jakeem Grant, the former returner for the Chicago Bears, I, you know, that's a role player type thing. But I think the Packers, he could help their offense and obviously be a big boost for their special teams. And they need to upgrade at kick returner and punt returner big from time. last year. They didn't. I know Kylan Hill might be back this year, but that's just not somebody I'm counting on. Seventh round pick, knee exploded. That's a guy whose career, I mean, this is a sad way to think about it, but it's possible his career is over. Which is, which is a shame because he had the potential to be a, a very big player in Green Bay. Yeah, and I think he was a guy that they could have replaced Aaron Jones with, you know, as soon as next year if that were something. But maybe they still can, maybe not. But I don't think that's somebody that you're counting on moving forward. And then, of course, so Grant, uh, and then I talked about uh, Will Fuller, but also Uchenna Nuosu is a edge rusher from, from Los Angeles. I keep wanting to say San Diego, but that's not right. I loved him in that draft. Uh, he's somebody that hasn't played a ton, so I think he'll fit in the Packers' price range. And the Packers' pass rush unit, I know Whitney Merciless is a popular name being thrown on, and I'm cool with bringing him back too. There's no such thing as too many pass rushers. Bring back Merciless and bring in Nuosu and let the first-round pick or second-round pick that you use as an edge rusher sit for a year, kind of like you did with Rashawn Gary. You know, I know that people say you want your first-round picks to play right away, but I don't care if it turns out the way it did with Rashawn. Like, Rashawn didn't play the first couple – well, the first year, and he's been awesome the last two. So I'm not real worried about whether or not, you know, whether it's George Kalarftis or David Ojabo or um, any of those. who's only 25 too. And he's young. So that's the other thing yeah. is he could be a building block to where, and Preston Smith's contract, yeah. kudos to Preston for getting an extension is kind of a year to year deal. So the Packers could very easily view it as like, Hey, two years cut Preston. And then you have Nuosu step in as one of your guys. And you need as many good pass rushers as you can get guys. One of, I was, I'm, again, I talked about how we got robbed earlier. We also got robbed of Rashawn Gary at maybe the peak of his powers. Preston Smith is a stud, which he was last year. And Zadarius Smith, who is now not going to be on the team, obviously. The inability to see that pass rush become the buzzsaw that it was supposed to be was just, it's disappointing. 
uh, for a lot of different ways. So there's that. Those are our six topics for the night, but I've, I've got a bonus one and I was going to do the final four and the champion of the NCAA tournament, but uh, we're both just going to say the Badgers are going to win because neither of us have filled out a bracket. So on Wisconsin, <laughs> uh, my, my wild card for you, Rhino is who is your favorite Batman that has ever been portrayed on the, on the big screen. So you can go through obviously Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, et cetera, et cetera. What's your favorite one and why? Uh, so this one's going to probably surprise a lot of people. Well, at least people who know about Batman. Uh, ben Affleck, I thought, was the best on-screen portrayal of Batman. And the reason for that is he played the best Bruce Wayne by far. Um, it, he's just a smooth cat. I mean, it, he he is Bruce Wayne. It's, it's kind of like with Robert Downey Jr. He was Tony Stark. That was his personality. I mean, you could see him being Tony Stark in real life. Yeah. I think Ben Affleck had that ability to be Bruce Wayne. But, I mean, his his action, his Batman side of the role was just as good. I mean, that warehouse scene in Batman versus Superman where he just flies through the, uh, the floor and then just destroys, like, 30 guys. I mean, that's one of the, the best single action scenes in any comic book movie ever. It's one of my favorites. So my my answer to that is definitely Ben Affleck. I know it's not a popular answer. A lot of people are saying Robert Pattinson right now did a good job as Batman. Maybe not Pattinson. so much as Bruce Wayne, Pattinson. Yeah, he was kind of like a like an emo Bruce Wayne, which I don't. I'm not a big fan of. But uh, I haven't seen it yet, so I, I was gonna go on Sunday, but then I didn't realize the movie was three hours. So yeah. I was like, that's a lot of time to devote <laughs> into uh, into a movie. So I will see it at some point. I know I got a buddy with one of them streaming services, and it should be starting streaming in April, and that might be when I have to do it. Uh, just again, it's tough to make time to go to the movies for three hours. It just really is. Yeah. Especially with a child and all the other crap that comes. It's tough with. to do anything for three hours. That's also true. Like sitting and watching a Packers game for three hours. That's a lot of time to dedicate, but thankfully we're able to do that every week. My favorite Batman is Michael Keaton. The OG. And that's the OG. Uh, and that's probably why, honestly, I I'm a believer in, in stuff like that. Packers fan, obviously. So there's, you know, some of the tie in to one of the OG teams in the NFL, but I like that movie. I think Jack's version of the Joker is very, very, very good. Uh, obviously it gets overshadowed by the performance of Heath Ledger, which I know this is like a really bad thing to say, but I feel like that performance was awesome, but also has become a little like overstated just because of the tragedy that happened after the fact that that movie was made, um, which is, it's a really good movie. He's a really good villain. It was a really good performance. Um, but there are people that say like the dark Knight is one of the greatest movies of all time. And I just don't buy that. Like it's, it's one it's of the really greatest good. comic book movies of all time. It's really good. I'm not even sure it's the best Batman movie I've ever seen. Um, sing like singular Batman movie. It's, it's my number one of all time. The dark okay. Knight. It just, he so number, uh, number two would be Batman returns. Okay. Okay. So that's the one with uh, Catwoman Keaton, and Danny DeVito. Yep, Catwoman, Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Yeah. Batman Returns because yeah. it was just it was such a dark movie. Uh -huh. Like Tim. So Tim Burton did did the first two Batman's in yeah. the late '80s, early '90s, and his his take on like Gotham City and uh, the Penguin's backstory, just how dark and like I mean, you almost felt bad for the Penguin when you were listening to him growing up as a child and how he's abandoned by his parents. Uh, but Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker is out of any comic book movie that's ever existed, it's the single greatest portrayal of a villain that we've ever seen. Okay. In my opinion. 
That could be, and I'm no movie buff, so I don't, you know, I'm not take my opinions for what they are. They're just opinions, and I throw them at the wall. But crap, Jack, crap. That's what I'm taking. This. Yeah, that's fine, and <laughs> and they probably are. You know, I haven't seen all of them either. Like the Batfleck <clears throat> movies, I, I don't think I. The only time I saw Bat Ben Affleck as Batman was in Suicide Squad. So that well, you know that one. Oh, I liked that movie. For, I liked it for what it was. Like it was, it's fun, bad. It's one of those movies. Like it's not football season, but it's Sunday afternoon, and it's like Suicide Squad's on. Yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, I could watch Margot Robbie do anything. So I hey hey hey, maybe that's part of it. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So my favorite Batman is Michael Keaton. Uh, I thought you know. Cr- Christian Bale would have won if he didn't do the weird thing that he gets made fun of with his voice. Um, Where are they? Yeah, that whole thing is. But I will say maybe my favorite line in the history of the Batman movies, name it, is when in Batman Begins, he pulls up one of the gangbangers to his face. And he says, I don't know where they are. I swear to God. And he yells, swear to me. And then drops, swear to me is probably (laughs) the best line of the Batman series. You name it. Name it. Name your movie. That might be the best line. But now Batman that and Robin like, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. That movie. His so one-liners bad. are some of the greatest one-liners ever. Like when he gets defeated at the end, and they ask him to help cure uh, the one woman's husband. Yeah. And he pulls like the vials out of his wrist. He's like, "Take two of these. Call me in the morning." Yeah. Like who? Only Arnold can say crap like that. Yeah. That. <laughs> It's one of those, I say that movie was so bad, but you know what? I was a kid when that movie came out. So yeah. I like those Batman forever and um, Batman and Robin. I like those movies because George like I said, Clooney is a Batman. Yeah, that was I don't understand that, but whatever. He was really popular and he's good looking. So I guess that was the thought process. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to do this again sometime and just talk strictly Batman stuff. Cause when it comes to comic books, that's my thing. Oh, Batman versus Superman. That was Ben Affleck. I did see that movie and that. Movie so he was is... in, he was in Batman versus Superman and he was in justice league. Uh, okay. Gal Gadot is wonder woman. Henry wonder Cavill woman, is Superman. Sure. Yeah. Batman versus Superman was pretty rough, but that, yeah. Anyways, thanks for, if you guys have turned us off by now, I certainly don't blame you, but if you haven't, you can follow this show at Game on WI. You can check me out. I'm at Jacob Westorf on Twitter. Go ahead and give a shot at the Green Bay Draft Guide. It's pre-sale, pre, uh, pre-orders right now. 225 profiles catered to your Green Bay Packers. The father of Chalupa Batman Alberts, that's Rhino Alberts over here. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Sports Talk Rhino, and you can catch his podcast, First Person Podcast, on Friday this week. And is it every Friday or how does that yeah. you just kind of spread? Well, so I, I usually actually post it at about 11 o'clock at night Thursday. But I mean, if you're not awake, then, you know, check it out Friday at first person pod on Twitter. And then my link tree is always in the episodes. So you have that. Check those out. Be sure to do that. We'll have to do this again, Ryan. I appreciate you coming until then. Next week is the start of the new league year. Well, I take that back. The start of the new league year is Wednesday. So we'll have a full week free agency. We'll see what happens. Packers trying to get better. And we're one week closer the draft. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the fact that Aaron Rodgers is back. Have fun and go pack.